0: Welcome to Deepen with Pastor Joby Martin. The Church of 1122 is a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're praying this message helps you deepen your relationship with Him. Now let's dive in.
1: If you want to go deeper, listen to the Deepen Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jonathan Minky, and we are joined once again by. The Lady Gaga of Ministry herself, Caitlin Armstrong. Welcome back, Strong Arm, and Pastor John Martin. Of course, hey, one thing we got to talk about is our dear friend and brother Charles Martin has a book. It's coming out Tuesday, February sixth, and you can get it early if you come to church. Um, It is finished. Is the devotional so super exciting? Uh, We are in week four of this testimony series, and we talked about the life of Peter. And Pastor Joby, just like the pro that you are, bobbed and weaved through the gospel narrative with many, many, many references. It was amazing. So let's talk about Peter. Do you have anything you want to say before we start?
0: Um, I enjoy preaching that way. I enjoy – because oftentimes – People go to church a lot, often, you know, look very closely at e- each individual word, but mm-hmm. but sometimes they can't like palm the whole st-
2: mm-hmm. event.
0: I don't like the word story, but, and so I think whether you're brand new to church and you're like, now, who is Peter and why is he such a big mm-hmm. deal? That helps you kind of get your mind around it. And if you're the longtime church attender, believer, Bible study person, maybe there's some things that you never really thought about, yeah. about the life of Peter and, At least for my own testimony, how closely Peter's highs and lows and mountaintop and valley experiences mirror my own life, whether it's external or internal, but he makes me feel a lot better about my own walk following Jesus.
3: Peter hits home for me because God has given me a Peter to raise, (laughs) and its I've never read the bible like i do as a parent and specifically like i pray pr- prayers like okay god you you did this with peter come on <laughs> do it with remington come on remington his name i mean he's named after a shotgun so what do i expect so good. Oh, wow. but he says things like he's five he says things like i love jesus and i follow him sometimes <laughs> and i'm me like too. me too buddy <laughs> And he's so I mean every every time, everything you said, I'm just picturing my life day to day because he's impulsive. he feels things so deep. he he doesn't have any filter like there's just I' this is Peter so I I'm I'm here with it. I'm right right in my heart.
0: I don't know if I've told you this before, but one of the hardest things about parenting is trying for the sake of compliance, not disciplining out something that's going to make a really good Yes, leader in a church as an adult, mm.
3: he pushes there. me to my absolute brink, and God will speak these profound words through him. I'm just blown away. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I I want to help shape and mold that, and and just keep praying my face off. Like God, use it for your glory. Um, but yeah, day to day, it's a little, it's a little tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's also tough. This isn't a parenting podcast, but. You really got to keep in mind to parent towards relationship and not just following the rules. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes, what we do as parents is we want immediate compliance for our own comfort, mm-hmm. and so right. we we become these Pharisees in our house to make sure everybody acts the way w- that works best for us. Mm-hmm. Right? And you'll absolutely you'll raise a person that hates you. That mm-hmm. does. I mean, who wants to? If the only if every time I called your name, Caitlin, it was like Caitlin right. every time. We we you would be hanging
3: out with you, right? We would
0: not be in this podcast together, right? You'd be like, no thanks, exactly. Uh, and and so, man, I got a I got a text this week. My eighteen year old just sent me the the he found some old uh, YouTube video of me working out back in the like bodybuilding days. And link, uh, link in the show notes. <laughs> 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 Probably not. That's what we ought to do. Just link some sermon. <laughs> But it was great. It was like, Dad, you inspire slash motivate me more than you know. And then it was like, and not just lifting. And I was like, ugh, you know? Mm -hmm. So at 18, we're not as much as the, like, you drive me crazy, although it still happens. Sure. But I have tried to parent to relationships, Mm -hmm. not just compliance.
3: Absolutely.
1: I think about a thing that I first heard you say, connect before you correct. I think about that a lot, because and I don't do it very good, but because um, I'll just go straight to, bam, and then you can see the the impact of the relationship widen right there. Even though discipline is important, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you do a great job of synthesizing and summarizing the tr- the trueness, the the lifeness of the story. So when you when you do that, when you talk about it, like just imagine you're there. Like here's what just happened: boom, 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 boom. Or like look at this guy's track record. Uh, it really just puts it all in your mind so that when you talk about a particular event, which we are going to, it, just, it really makes it hit home. So uh, Peter is, you know, we primarily focused on John 21 and, and he's at a low point in his life. Mm-hmm. And so let's start with this question, like in times of disappointment, like when you're low, like why do you think it's easiest to go back to the old ways that you used to rely on? I think it's like a comfort thing because
0: familiarity is comfortable and there is this propensity in the human condition to hit default system reset when there's disappointment. And especially when you are the own cause of your disappointment. Mm-hmm. You can just go back. I mean, honestly, this it reminds me of the whole Matrix movie. And Neo's in the back of the car and Trinity opens the door and is like, do you want to leave? And he looks down the alley and it's raining. Mm -hmm. She's like, you've been down that road a hundred times before. You know where it goes. Mm. And it is crazy how tempted we are to continuously go down the same paths. Mm -hmm. I think there's some like neuroscience behind it and the paths that are created in our brain so
2: sure. we may
0: go back to food or go back to like sexual immorality or go back to some substance to self-medicate or mm-hmm. go back to some job that let us know whatever the thing is we have this propensity to return to our
1: flesh instead of live by the spirit mm. there's an identity piece there too right like you it's like you your disappointment tells you something like I'm not what I hoped I would be, and I've proven to be something else in the past by doing something over and over and over again, so maybe I'll just go back to that because at least I know. Well, that's where I started with the question. How many of you thought you'd be further along in your
0: sanctification than you are right now? Mm -hmm. And then all of the examples I used were all from the life of Peter. I just didn't tell anybody Mm -hmm. that yet. Like. You ever lose your temper and act in a way that you, it doesn't even match what you say you value, right? Mm-hmm. You ever made promises you can't keep? You ever bite off more than you could chew? You ever, mm-hmm. all I had, all I was doing was listing the some of the failures that we know in scripture from Peter. Mm-hmm. And on every one of those, I'm like, me too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Me too. Mm. Uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of something you've told, Pastor Joby, a story you've told, like when you were discouraged and you thought, maybe I'll go back to this other, career path. Like maybe there's a thing that happens in our faith journey where we we are on a track and then we do this. And then if we feel like that doesn't take it, we're just going, all right, I'm gonna keep going yeah. that way. You know what I mean? What stopped you from from doing that? My wife.
0: Straight up man, I was <clears throat> I was at a church that didn't believe the authority of scripture. That's what was going on. They got into a denominational fight a bunch of years ago. I don't know about these things. I'm just trying to do student ministry and it was just bad, man. I was in trouble all the time for all the things that make 1122 work. <laughs> but anyway, I, I began to think, I okay, it was a good run. Mm-hmm. I did ministry for a decade or so, but maybe I don't have what it takes. And then there was a couple of offers, and I could have just, I could have taken, I, I thought I could have taken better care of Gretchen physically, financially, you know what I mean? And so it was very, very tempting, and it was just easier. It mm-hmm. would have been easier. I don't mean the job would have been easier, but the like self-reflection, do I have what it takes, would have been way easier mm-hmm. to just sell the widgets they were asking me to sell. Mm-hmm. And I seriously considered it, man. And the, the place I go back to is, you know, there's this account of Elijah the prophet, and he's called to, called to go lay by the creek. And uh, one day the the stream dries up. And I thought maybe this ministry stream had dried up, mm. and so he finds him after after these huge highs in his ministry. I wasn't suicidal or anything like that, but he's laying by that creek again, depressed, saying, "God, kill me." And God sends an angel,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and helps reroute him. And I mean, God sent a messenger who I married,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: she began to like speak life into places that I thought were dead. Mm. It was her idea to give it one more chance. That's how we got to Jacksonville. It's because mm. of her saying, come on, let's just give it one more shot. Mm. And so here we are.
1: So she was very Christ-like in that example. She's the, yeah, she's the real Christian in our house. <laughs> Shout out to G. Yeah. If we're all racing to the tomb, she's John. She gets everything. <laughs> <laughs> the one that Jesus loves. <laughs> right. Uh, sometimes when I read this account, uh, you know, it's it's called Peter's primacy. I think uh, the rest, restoration of Peter. I almost imagine it as if it's right after Jesus is resurrected, and so I think my mind sometimes goes to Peter doesn't even know, like he's dis- he's so discouraged, and then he's like, I'm just going to go back to fishing. I guess it's all over. But if you read carefully, he's already seen Jesus.
0: Yeah, it's his third time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I, so. I think I've kind of really taught it that way previously. So tonight, part of what I had to, what I was trying to be very specific was, Jesus knew that it wasn't over, mm-hmm. but he thought he was over. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Christians can have that feeling. Like, if you come to our church right now, dude, I'm telling you, I know I'm biased because I work here. It it is on fire, like just handsy there, people singing, people at the altar, the word's being preached, lives are being changed. Mm-hmm. And I think you could screw up this week royally and or just a person and then show up and be like, yeah, God's on the move, but I can't be. I'm on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Like I, I even cognitively assent to the reality that Jesus is going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it but I'm left out because of what I've done. Do hmm. you know yeah. what I mean?
3: Yeah, I think Peter, because he's such a deep feeler, is that I, I see in this, he goes back to fishing because partly he's so disappointed in himself and he's so devastated that he can't, like, sit around and think about it anymore. Right. You know, where you're just, right. like, I, I you're waiting for some news or a decision. And you're like, I got to go do something. And so part of it, the way that I, you know, kind of speculate is that, I, he, cause it says that he was the first one. He's like, guys, you want to come fishing with me? He's like, I just can't sit in this anymore because he feels it so heavy. And, and it really struck me when in Luke, I had, for some reason, I had just separated and the, the thought that Jesus was there when he denies him, like I just think they arrest him and he's gone, but it says that Jesus turns and looks at him. Right. And I just can only imagine the devastation. I mean, it says he weeps bitterly, right? Yep. But at that point, he thinks, I've ruined everything.
1: Mm. Especially when you laid out, Pastor Joby, the, the second chance nature of his original call right that right. he was because he was working for his father in his father's trade we don't know if if he had aspired to follow after a, a rabbi but i think it's pretty safe to say
0: that like you know every little kid is told you could be a doctor or a lawyer or an astronaut you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's only a few careers you put a, in front of your little children right in the first century there was no higher than rabbi
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so Every, like every little kid wants to be whatever, a quarterback or, you know, there's mm-hmm. – call it a handful of dreams. Every not, – not only did every kid dream of, of it. I mean, it's like the highest respected thing. All of life was around the temple and the synagogue. You had the most yeah. power. You, I mean, you were favored of God, all the things. Totally. The parents also dreamed mm-hmm. that their little kids would be rabbis.
1: Yeah. And so it's like if you didn't – you couldn't afford to go to the school – but somehow you got some little niche scholarship, yep. and then you flunk it. you like, "Oh man, I've blown mm-hmm. it all." Yep. You know, so so that made it hit even harder for him. And so the fact that he he was like, "Yeah, yeah, Jesus is alive," but certainly I'm out. Right, right.
3: And how old do you think he is? Like early twenties, even teens. Probably teens. Teens. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. that's a lot to handle.
0: Yeah, most. Uh, you know. Most like first century scholar types think that Matthew was, there there was probably one older disciple Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and the rest of them were probably teenagers. Mm -hmm. And then some speculate that it's Matthew just because of the the job that he had as tax collector. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the line that you said, which I think you could have repeated two or three more times, here's evidence you don't believe the gospel. When you sin, you run from him instead of running to him. Mm
0: And I have a propensity to do that. Like I'll screw up, and then, and then like I won't pray.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I mean. I'll be like, ah.
0: Yeah, you know, I
3: had pray. a moment in, in the van heading to school <laughs> minivan. You know, I'm oh, a cool mom. Look at you. Yeah. yeah. And I have this this sinful thought just like out of nowhere, and it was so clear. It was like time stood still, and my flesh was like just. Just sweep it under the rug, right? And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, bring it to me. I can do something with that. Mm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> now I tell everyone that because I'm like, that's it. Because you, it's, it. It's, <clears throat> it's every tiny little moment that, that we should be communing with him. And we have that choice to either go in the flesh or to really believe who he is and say, come to me with it.
0: Yeah, and you don't want to let that stack up. Like, when I talk about the whispers, that's what I'm talking about. Like, the who do you think you are to stand on stage and pr- mm-hmm. purport to preach this grace when you haven't been living grace this week, you know? Mm-hmm. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: So for me, it's almost like, a, like I better deal with this before I get up there and try to mm-hmm. be the pastor of this place. Mm-hmm. You
1: know what else is crazy is, like, there's no... There's no sin too big, and there's also no sin too small. Correct, right. you know. It's like we tend, we can kind of sometimes think about the big sins, but then let's just say you had a week or, or a day where you felt like you did pretty good, you managed it pretty good, and then you realize, crap, even like my little, like I took credit for it basically, or I, mm-hmm. I feel like God. You know, likes me more because of that, because I didn't say that word, whatever it was, you know. Bring, bring it's just, merit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? Grace is <laughs> unmerited favor. Fall off the other side. Uh, and you mentioned this, that, that there's lots of parallels. Let's talk a little bit about parallelism. This is a great theological topic. Teach us the way, Rabbi. So it, it cast the nets on the other side. They're fishing. And he yells, he said hey, cast the nets on the other side. So that's a parallel event. The charcoal fire on the shore is significant. He repeats three three times a question, and we'll get into that in a second. He says, "Follow me." That's the same thing he said the very first thing. So, talk to us a little bit about why repetition, right? Parallelism. What does that what does that tell us as we're reading our Bibles? So, well, one thing I always think it's the best idea
0: to allow the Bible to interpret the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, that you don't understand things. Or, um, I think Jordan Peterson was the first person to really make this thing popular that everybody's. Everybody's showing this picture now of the... He says it's the first hyperlinked text. And he shows a picture of all the verses that point to other verses. Have you seen that mm-hmm. oh, yeah. diagram? You yeah. know, Lots of preachers using that. He's right. He's absolutely right. I, part of the reason I wanted to point that stuff out in this series is, especially as I was diving into it this time, through the lens of a series called Testimony, it's as if... Jesus is helping retell all of Peter's testimony that leads to this moment where he's going to reinstate him as a shepherd. And I think that mm-hmm. is important. It's not just his highs, mm-hmm. and it's not just his lows, that he's, he kind of sums up his whole life. So he, he redoes the first miracle that he ever experienced, and he re-invites him to follow him. And everything in between that is the last three years of Peter's life. And all of that is summed up with, I still chose you.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm
0: not through with you. I mean, and of all things. He told him at first he was going to be a fisher of men, and now he's going to be a feeder of sheep. Mm. This is like a, you're not just going to be an evangelist, you're going to be a disciple maker, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's a really big deal. And then then what we're going to see next week is we're going to continue in Peter's testimony of how God uses them in miraculous ways. Mm. I think a lot of biblical scholars think that the original mm-hmm. ending of John ended in the last verses of 20.
2: Because,
0: mm. I mean, it makes a pretty good ending. Mm-hmm. The purpose of this book, now Jesus did many other signs oh, in the yeah. presence of the disciples, but these are written so that you may believe, you know, da, da 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 But if we don't have John 21, the last thing we have about Peter is failure. <laughs> And then you turn the page, and you're like, how'd Peter get in charge? (laughs) You know, I thought he left. I thought he wasn't even part of the crew anymore. Mm. And so it's almost as if the Spirit leads John to be like, hey, we're not done. Mm. You had a prologue. You need an epilogue. Mm. And even though, John, you like to be in competition with Peter, it'd be really important for the church to know because you were Mm. there. You were sitting at the charcoal fire. Mm. I didn't have time to do this, and it's a little bit of a—it's just a little too much, but one of the things I love about this is even after Jesus says follow me this time, and we know because of the book of Acts that Peter does and leads incredibly well. Even in this moment he screws up again. Okay. So he's like, Do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? Uh-huh. You know I love you, you know I love you, you know all things. Oh, yeah, I love you. And then he goes, It'd be better for you to follow me and die, da da da, follow me. And he's like, But what about John? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Oh my he's gosh, like- <laughs> are you being serious right now?
3: How is he gonna die, huh? Exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna be older than him, right? And I'm like, oh. But that's the beauty. It's <laughs> so it. good. That's the well, piece. and if we and I won't be able to do this next week. And then multiple times in the books of Book of Acts, he continues to screw up. Yeah. Like he can't get out of his own way, man. Mm-hmm.
3: But I love because Jesus doesn't treat him like a problem to be fixed. Right. Like right. Like he doesn't. It's like you said, I love the way you ended the sermon. It's his kindness and he just keeps showing kindness over and over.
0: So Remington, the mm. thing that will get him in the most trouble could be the very thing God uses for his kingdom.
3: One hundred percent.
0: This mouth of mine <laughs> and my fight you attitude and go against the flow uh-huh. personality was a problem. When I was a teenager, a
1: problem. Now it's called leadership. Now it's, yeah, <laughs> right? Now it's, it's called pastor. It's called
3: an anointing. We appreciate
1: your whatever, dude. So passionate. Right.
0: That's got, got me in trouble
2: in high school.
0: All the time, man. You know, like I just couldn't leave well enough alone. I just could be like, I don't, I, I mean, bro, my, I'm in seminary. My first semester in seminary, and I had this liberal New Testament professor, and she starts—it it sounds like she doesn't believe in the bodily resurrection. And, um, you know, I could have just sat there, but I can't. I no. can't. I can't. And I go— and I called her name. I called her sister. Because she had just done this whole class on how in the Bible there weren't titles. It was all brother and sister. So I would call her sister, and she gets so mad. She's like, it's doctor. I was like, oh, my bad. I thought we were New Testament. <laughs> <and> so
2: <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: so I'm the worst. And then I say uh, in front of the class, there's probably like 50 people, 100 people. And I go, uh, when I die and go to heaven, it sounds like you're not going to be there with me. She goes, how would you say that? And I was like, well. Do you not? It sounds like you don't believe in a bodily resurrection. And she goes, "So what if I didn't? If I didn't believe in a bodily resurrection, would your entire faith fall apart?" I was like, "No, you would go to hell because of Romans ten nine is what it says." And then she's like, "So why do why do you believe that?" And and then it was like this, like, "Well, that's just what they told me at camp." Oh my gosh, I've never really evaluated it. And so what I did, I would I dug in, and then a couple weeks later came back. Here's why. Okay, First Corinthians fifteen, Romans ten. I mean. But I yeah. just couldn't. I couldn't keep my mouth shut.
3: Right, but God used that to, for then to you, for you to further your understanding of Scripture.
0: What's really crazy is, in the grand scheme of things, I can now see God's hand, dude. I was at the worst seminary. If I, the only reason I would go back was to be to go on a mission trip to share the gospel with these lost people. Mm. It was progressive Christianity before that was a thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm they were just they were deconstructing in a vacuum apart from the authority of the word of god and i'm like what are you people doing you you know and by God's grace none of them could get shirt jobs so they all worked at starbucks or whatever you know so that was good and blockbuster and so they went the way of blockbuster to the glory of god but what it did to me cuz i remember thinking oh no i've really screwed up like i wouldn't hire anybody from this place you know mm-hmm. But I was also a, like a part-time youth pastor at a little local church and I'm just pouring into those kids and that's what I lived for, man, just doing Bible mm-hmm. study with those like 12 students. And so, well, it made me go and study twice as hard. Mm-hmm. On, so every one of my exam- all of my papers, I would have to go get permission for them to be twice as long. And then I would be like, here's the, literally, it would start out this way. Here's the heresy that you have taught during this class. And then here's the Orthodox truth that the church has supported, the Bible supports, and what Jesus said, and and bro, I'm twenty two, and these are tenured PhD professors in Johannine literature, and I'm trying to tell them what John means. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Bring it on,
3: come on, yeah.
1: But that was it, man. That was it. What a proving, what a proving ground for you though. Oh. Like preparation, it makes mean, me think of that. That like that testing produces character. You know that those trials produce character. Um, so that repetition in the in the scriptures is just I love I love to be able to tell people anytime you see a therefore you ask what the therefore is therefore and anytime you see repetition you know that it's it means it's either trying to expand the meaning for you or uh, emphasize that thing for you. So if you read Paul's letters, he uses the words faith, hope, and love a lot. Right. You know the most famous one is First Corinthians twelve and thirteen. Uh, but if you pay attention, a lot of his other places, he'll use them, and then he'll use them in a different order. And they'll, usually the one he ends with is the one he's about to talk about, like mm-hmm. little stuff like that. A lot of times in the Psalms, like couplets, right, like mm-hmm. the, the genres of the scripture and poetry, it, it, if there's, it'll be stated one way, and then they, he'll, they'll say it again. It's kind of like, that sounds like the same thing. Well, it's, a, it's supposed to tell you either a little bit, another nuance of the meaning, or drive it home a little bit further. What do you think is the significance of when he says, do you love me? Here's a little. Mm-hmm. The Greek word there is mm-hmm. agape. Correct. The first two mm-hmm. times. But then it is phileo on mm-hmm. the third one.
0: And he answers phileo every time. Peter does.
3: Yep. I think it's, again, going back to he's meeting Peter where he is. Like I, I see it as, Peter, do you love me? And he answers like, I like you. Do you love me? I I like you. And then he goes and then Jesus meets him like do you like me? He's like yeah, I like you. Like he he meets him in his he knows how devastated he is mm-hmm. because he he's right back at the the fire, right? Mm-hmm. He's right back locked eyes with Jesus thinking I how could I do this? I I I can't be loyal to you cuz I can't even be loyal to myself, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus meets him like okay, you, you I got you, like, and then he goes on to tell him his future, mm-hmm. which is then reinforcing that Peter, you're not going to deny me again. Mm-hmm. You're going to remain faithful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, for, and Pastor what what's the what are the difference between those two words?
0: Uh, agape God, is it. like a sacrificial love. Philo is like where we get the word, like Philadelphia, the city mm-hmm. of brotherly, brotherly. brotherly love. Yeah. Um, a way that gets preached is Jesus says, do you love me 100%? And Peter replies, you know me. It's about 70. Hmm. You know? So, and then eventually he comes down and is like, do you really love me about 70%? And he's like, you know all things. All right. I, I'm not in the camp that it means different things. I know it does not Greek, but Jesus wasn't speaking Greek. So, all of my tour guides... When I go to Israel, they're like he was. He was either speaking in Aramaic or Hebrew, and they don't have those kind of distinctions. That's part mm, of it. Mm. I think if if the Greek different words mean something, what if what he's doing? So think about this. So Thinking about parallelism. Th- Peter keeps going. You you know me. You know me. Come on, you know me. Mm. At the Lord's supper, he said, "You will know me," because mm-hmm. he's saying mm-hmm. he says. I would never leave you or forsake you. And Jesus, is like, you'll deny me. He's like, I will not deny you. If everybody, else. he's saying, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. Now he did exactly what Jesus said. And what mm-hmm. if now he's going, do you love me? And he's like, well, you know me,
2: right? Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Like you know, I you know, I mm-hmm. can't pull it off. Right. I want to be able to love you all the way, mm-hmm. but you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm a screw up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's something there. Yeah.
2: Right?
1: It's like he stopped trying to prove something to Jesus through what he was saying, like right. overstate himself and just said, I'll, I am just, I am what I am. Yeah. Before you. Yeah. You know, here I am. You know me. You mentioned that Peter's not getting a second chance here. What, what, what is he getting? A new life. So when people say God has got a second chances, they
0: intend the right thing. That mm-hmm. God is a God of grace. And so you're not one and done that if you've screwed up, your past doesn't define you or determine your future. However, where it breaks down is a second chance would do you no good. You would just screw up again. An illustration that I've used often is
2: mm-hmm.
0: my daughter Reagan is 14 years old. She's in the eighth grade. If you gave her an AP calculus exam, she would not do well. Although she's a boss in math. She has a 103 average. That's impossible. That's wow. all. But the tomb is empty. So. So she's great. However, she's not going to pass a whatever, college-level calculus, right? But if she failed, and I was like, Reagan, because I am so gracious, I'm going to give you a second chance. Then she's going to fail twice. Right. So it's, it's a it's – a, what you really need is a substitute, not a second chance. And while you should not do that on actual tests at school, <laughs> you get to do that on the eternal test.
1: A very gospel test. I had somebody else take it for me. That is it. (laughs) So, it's like um, sometimes
0: I play in these charity golf tournaments that I love so much and you can buy mulligans, which is awesome. So Because you raise the money for charity, so you pay $5 and then you can use the mulligan. And just in case you don't know, a mulligan means we're not going to count that one. I'm going to get another try. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter how many mulligans I get. If it's a 350-yard shot, I can't make it. It's just I don't have it in my bag. You know, can't hit it that far. So years ago, I was doing the Tebow golf tournament thing, celebrity golf tournament, and my celebrity was Josh Scobie, our former kicker. And he is, like, trying to get on the tour as a pro golfer. He is so stinking good. We won the whole tournament. It is a picture of the imputed righteousness of Christ. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I would hit a bad one. He would hit a good one. We wrote down his score. I won the tournament. Mm-hmm. Selah.
2: Yeah. That's
0: it. So this is what's happening. Jesus. Because And the real fulfillment, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. The two things that change in Peter's life. So he goes from den- a denier to a preacher
2: mm-hmm. in
0: front of the same crowd that could kill him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Two things happen. He has breakfast with the resurrected Jesus, and he is filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So the way... So Jesus is has been your substitute when he died on the cross. Hmm. Your life in Christ is lived out now, not by your own willpower, hmm. but because the Spirit of God
1: lives in you. Right. There's something here too, because in chapter 20, Jesus has, has appeared to them and it says, Receive the Holy Spirit. That's right. So that event had happened before this... Seashore thing, so that tells us something. You got to be, you got to receive it. That's right. Yeah, that's when he's breathing on everybody. Right. If but if if <sighs> Peter if Peter is thinking I'm disqualified, it it he actually cuts himself off from receiving from God the thing that would give him the power.
0: And then what? And then the real power of the Spirit isn't manifested until he becomes a conduit and he mm. refuses to be a cul-de-sac.
2: Mm.
0: It's not until he's like on the day of Pentecost. So this is back to what drives you crazy about Remington Maybe be the very thing God uses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Peter's mouth got him in trouble the whole time, and he's going to be like, I'll speak. Yeah. And it's when he opens his mouth to be a conduit of the gospel Mm. that the real power of God begins to be unleashed in him, Mm. and he can take his place as the, like, pastor of First Jerusalem.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is a thing, man. If you're if you're like the Dead Sea, there's no outputs. It's only inputs, man. It's no bueno. Mm. You'll be dead, mm. including the Spirit of God. There are saved people that are not walking in the power of the Spirit because mm. they're not doing what the Spirit empowered them to do. Mm. The, right. You know, which yeah. is point people to Jesus. Mm.
1: The wild part too is that like sometimes you get stuck in this place where you're just trying to receive an experience for yourself, and you're not being the conduit. There's no experience. That's as awesome as a being used by God to Bro. like be a blessing in somebody else's life. It's like the yeah. best.
0: Like a few weeks ago, I was like, pray for me. I got to meet meet on one more for lunch. And yeah. remember, whatever yeah. that was. Well, last weekend we baptized him. Yeah. So awesome. And it was like a combo effort. Mm-hmm. It was actually, there's about four or five other people that have been the primary influence in this dude's life. Um, I'm just a talker, man. So when I heard about it, I was like, I'm on him. Yeah, and man, I was so excited about last week eleven twenty two service because I knew we were. I was getting to baptize this guy, and I could mm-hmm. baptize two thousand people a year. If, you know, I actually don't baptize very many people. I don't know if you have noticed, mm-hmm. but this one was so personal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I was so pumped. Yeah, about that again. It was like I get to be a part of this, yeah. not just even. I know I'm a part of like the. It's different, though. Like, yeah. in a very personal one-on-one way, mm-hmm. I was a part of this guy's, like, what mm-hmm. God's doing in this guy's life. Yeah.
3: The second chance thing uh, reminds me of, like, when people say the the clean slate, you know, thing, which, which stri- I'm always, like, reteaching that because no, I know, again, slate. like, what they mean. But, yeah, it's like, okay, so if you have a chalkboard and all your sins are wiped away— and then it's blank what's going to happen you're just going to put more sins on the chalkboard <laughs> right. right and so that that imputed righteousness of christ and it's 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 like the half gospel right mm-hmm. oh i mm-hmm. i get a second chance my my uh slate is clean i'm like no that's only half of it because you're just going to screw it up again correct
2: hmm.
0: yeah your slate is clean and then jesus writes his name on your slate right and when the final exam happens you get to present his slate instead of yours. Amen. It matters a lot. The imputed righteousness of Christ yeah, matters like it, crazy in the identity of the life of the believer. Mm-hmm. This is how you can this is how you can walk in the humble confidence of what Romans eight says that you are more mm-hmm. than a conqueror. Right. Right. It's because Jesus conquered in me.
3: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. What is it the thing that you say? It's like you are saved by your works, just not yours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're saved by works. Saved by works, it's just not, not yours. yours. You're right. saved by the finished work of Christ. You're saved by
0: righteousness, <clears throat> not yours. Right. Mm-hmm. And imputed with his righteousness.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. In Galatians, I've been crucified with Christ, right? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I'm living the life of Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. In verse 17, he says to him the third time, Do you love me? And then it says, Peter was grieved mm-hmm. because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And you mentioned something about, at this point, the conviction. And it just made me think: Is it should we be grieved when we're convicted? Like, is because there? I think there is that immediate response of like, oh no, and that kind of feels like a grief. Yeah, he's not getting it. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's the kindness of God that brings us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And so, anytime you're convicted of the Holy Spirit, it's a warm invitation to life. Right. It's like surgery. Yeah, it gets painful. Yeah, it's gonna suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're cutting something that's trying to kill you out of you. Mm -hmm. And so you can hang on to it, Mm -hmm. and it'll kill you. Or you can endure the surgeon's scalpel and live. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, that is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, I think one of the enemy's tricks is to... Because, again, whatever whatever God creates, the enemy corrupts. Mm -hmm. And so... It's God's idea that we would be, that because of his kindness, we would be convicted of sin and we would run to him in repentance. And then what the enemy tries to do is like, no, 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 no. That's not conviction of sin. That's condemnation and you're right. unfit for use. Right. And then we don't believe mm-hmm. the gospel.
1: You think we'd figure it out. I mean, the same person baits you down a path mm-hmm. and then tells you how terrible you are for having gone down the path that he baited you down. Yeah. Like and, it, and yet it still works. So so the
0: <laughs> the person that's beating themselves up because they struggle so much to follow Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The struggle is evidence of the spirit's work in mm-hmm. your life. That's a good word. The person that right. has become hard-hearted to their mm-hmm. sinfulness, mm-hmm. woe to you. Mm-hmm. Right. You're in trouble, dude.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. The apathy. You
0: may have been faking it this whole time.
3: Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. But when you're tormented over your sinfulness, mm-hmm. praise God, man. Mm-hmm. Like fight the good fight. Yes. Yeah,
3: yeah that's the wrestle.
0: Totally, it's man. I mean, wrestle. Paul in Romans seven, gosh, I love me some mm-hmm. Romans seven because
3: yeah,
0: it's so even if you even if you were like even if you had a, a, a very, I don't know what you would call it, historical or secular view of the Bible, you gotta look at this literature. <laughs> <laughs> written two thousand years ago by a dude, some you know some lawyer from Tarsus right and think and you read Romans seven right. and you go, who could explain the human condition right. so perfectly That's it, right with there. that inner turmoil That's when it. I can't even do what I wanted what I think I want to do mm-hmm. I can't make my flesh obey my own ten commandments that I made wow. up for me <laughs> that are what I think are my actual values mm. what a wretched man I am. So I think only the creator could inspire those kinds of words to describe his creation.
1: Absolutely. So you could say that when you feel that conviction, it's okay to feel that sting of pain, but it should lead you to the healing that it's meant to bring about. and be a little sad. Yeah. You know? No problem. And something I found is that the enemy likes to use that shame and condemnation, like, As if I started thinking, I'm disappointed in myself that I did this. Right. Right. And so then you you're not only you did something and you're uh, you need to repent, but also you're like upset at yourself that you let yourself down, but it's like, why was I expecting such anything else for myself? Yeah,
0: yeah, you don't give yourself a pass.
1: Like sin's a
0: big deal. Jesus had to die for it, but it doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. Now what's crazy about this is Jesus does not give a pep talk. Right. He's not like, Do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? And then Peter's like You know I love you. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. All right, Peter, you got this. Listen, I've got... No. He's Mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. It wasn't that bad. It's okay. You're going to die a gruesome death and in so doing glorify me.
3: Right, and it's worth it.
0: Follow Mm me. Mm -hmm. And from that moment, Mm Peter is like refocused. Mm -hmm. Whatever the words are, Mm -hmm. you mentioned it before, now... Well, I see some parallels between what Peter does with his life in regards to this prophecy about how he'll die and the promise that was made. Mm-hmm. I see some parallels to when he got out of the boat. and he I mean, he's walking on water. He's mm-hmm. doing what Jesus told him to do. He gets all focused on himself and the wind and the waves. He begins to sink. Mm-hmm. And Jesus asks this question, you have a little faith. Why do you doubt?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A really great question is what was Peter doubting? He wasn't doubting Jesus. Jesus wasn't sinking. hmm he was doubting, can I do what you've called me to do, mm-hmm. which is what he's doing here? Mm-hmm. Do you love me? Yeah, you know me. Right. So I have a real hard time pulling off what I promised. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus gives him his marching orders and he pulls it off. He actually does the thing he promised at mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper. He lays down his life for the name of Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it possible there's somebody listening who is in that place of unforgiveness toward themselves? that if they could get through that I mean it would this, lead to that new season of like yeah. hey i'm
0: so i mean this in the most pastoral way possible and if if like you were sitting across from me i don't know i'd probably i'd probably be mean to you like you got to think about this theologically who do you think you are to say that you can't forgive yourself right if the king of the universe bled and died and said it is finished What kind of egomaniac do you have to be to think Mm -hmm. your standard is higher than the Lord's? Mm -hmm. Now, you could be severely sorrowful for all the pain you've caused and all of that, but if you think God can't forgive me, then you are snared in the primary theology of the devil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what that is.
3: Mm. Well, it's a judgment. Like, we, we make judgments against other people, all the time. Ask the Lord to show you how judgmental you are and just wait. It's, it's pretty, pretty dicey. Sorry, it's, yeah. it's, uh, my, one of my mentors says, cheer up. It's way worse than you think. <laughs> and, and then we make judgments towards God. Like you didn't do what I thought you were going to do. And we make judgments towards ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And when we make those judgments, what we're saying is I'm the judge. I'm the jury. I'm the hangman. And we're taking, we're t- we're trying to take the throne because yeah. he's he is those things right, and so it, it is it's the most like arrogant thing mm. that we can say is how could he forgive me? I'm like, mm. well, then you obviously don't believe what he did counted for you. It's pride. It's yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and somehow you have a higher standard than God, yeah. right? It is interesting. Uh, in Acts one eight, Jesus says, "And you will be my witness." And you think about that in regards to a courtroom, mm. and we're like, "No, I'll be the judge." But like, I didn't call you to be the judge; I called right. you to be a witness. Mm. No, I'll be the prosecuting attorney. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, no, oh, that's not yeah. what I'm asking you to do. Right. I'm asking, hey, I'll be the defense attorney for my own. Mm. You know, but yeah. like, that's not your role. Yeah. All right. you get to be is the witness. Mm. That's the role I've mm. called you to
1: be. So good.
3: With thinking of the the shame and condemnation back to Remington last night, we're sitting on the couch just cuddling, and uh, he he accidentally just kicks me right in the face. And, you know, when you just, you know, you're, like, playing with your kids or whatever, you just get knocked, and it's right in the eye socket. So I'm like, ah! And I scream. And because he's such a feeler, I, I, I always say I got three kids. I know when I'm old one of them will take care of me, okay? <laughs> the other two I don't know, but he will. And he feels so deep, and so he, and so I scream out, and he's he takes the blanket on the couch and just covers mm. himself, and he starts crying. Mm. And I just go back to the garden. Right. Like, the shame that they mm-hmm. felt that they hid themselves from God, and they're trying to mm. cover up. And so I said after I, you know, kind of got myself together, I'm like, buddy, take the blanket off, look at me. And, and I need to talk to you about this. Right. I know it was an accident. I forgive you all of these things, but it was, yeah. that's our mm. flesh. Like I didn't teach him that, mm, right. you know, but to cover up and to hide. And, and I just, that's the enemy's tactic, right? Like he mm. just wants yeah. us to run away from God. And hide.
0: So I want to encourage when you show up to a campus at 1122 and you begin to feel this mysterious conviction of the Holy Spirit to get down to that altar and kneel down and pray, and all the things are telling you no. Cover up in shame. Mm -hmm. You got this. Don't let anybody know. Mm -hmm. You know, what is everybody going to think? All those things. There are two voices that are speaking into your life. Mm And the Spirit of God is saying, move and reposture yourself in Mm. a place of humility. Mm. And the enemy is saying,
1: you don't need to do that.
2: Mm. Right?
0: It's a thing, man.
1: Mm. You talked about the scandalous nature of grace and how it actually is more... It makes us more uncomfortable than we would admit, right? So...
0: I was thinking about it cuz the three of us were in meetings all week planning future services <clears throat> and there's a lady mm-hmm. that's in the uh, on death row in Texas there's only what six females on death row right now in Texas or something and yeah. she got saved via 1122 online mm-hmm. because there's this thing called the Pando app that they get to watch and if you and so she wrote this beautiful testimony to us and I read it and then you do a little. You look into what she did, and it's, it's, the most atrocious thing you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Like you can't make up stuff worse than this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's innocent life taken and murder. I mean, it's just so it's just crazy, crazy. And it is the 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 gospel of grace in her life. Mm-hmm just offends every sensibility mm-hmm. in our civilized mm-hmm. humanity. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it and it counted for her. Mm-hmm. She's going to get to heaven, and they say, who said you could come here? And her answer is the man on the middle cross said I could come. Right. Mm-hmm. That was just like me. Mm-hmm. Just like me.
3: Yeah, yeah years ago, I, I listened to similar, like a serial killer got saved in prison and... Sharing his testimony, and then all it was—it was online somewhere, and all these people were like, "I don't want to go to heaven if he's there." And I'm like, y- "You don't get it. Yeah, well, you—you yeah. you don't. And you get, won't. <laughs> and you won't, cause you it, because it is—it's—it's it's like repulsive to us. Like we think we bring marriage We think right.
0: I—I hmm. I mean, I'm so judgy too. Like, and I just feel like if I say this out loud, it'll help me. And I don't want to name names. I'm not that guy. There's. There's a disgraced pastor that legitimately disqualified himself. And he's one of the finest communicators of the grace of God. Mm. And now he's back preaching again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do have all these questions about that. But when I'm listening to him, Mm. uh, there's this thing in me that says, I don't know, I bet if I'm Bartholomew or one of the you know, Nathaniel, one of the rando mm-hmm. disciples that don't get a lot of press. <laughs> two other disciples. <laughs> yeah, if I'm <laughs> one of the other two disciples. other disciples, I love that. <laughs> I think John's like carried along by the Holy yeah, Spirit. Just, you know, yeah, the two guys, the Thomas. I remember his, yeah. we call him Didymus. He was there, and then oh, what's his the face? Sons and, of Thunder. Yeah, there yeah. Got nicknames.
3: Uh, yeah, Oh,
0: fella. Big uh, hey guy. I, it'd be real easy if you were one of the other disciples, and. You're like, Jesus did what mm-hmm. with Peter? Mm-hmm. And you know uh-huh. they're jockeying for position already. For sure. Yeah. They've already said who's, who's the greatest. The greatest?
3: Mm-hmm. You know? Like, seriously, you pick mm-hmm. him?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And you restored him? I mean, mm-hmm. John's got to be like, I'm taking care of your mom.
2: Right.
0: You know? Yeah. But it's a thing, man. It's a thing. It's it's a lot. It's ego and insecurity, which are the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's pride and jealousy. The, the key, mm-hmm. though, the key is you when we think we bring merit, we think, God, you owe me something, and you don't. Mm-hmm. But we are the big brother, the older brother in Luke 15 in mm-hmm. one second. Mm-hmm. And the warning to people that would listen to a podcast called Deepen with me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: every day, every week you go to church, you get a little bit more big brother, older brother mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. You just do. Mm-hmm. And so you got to watch it, man.
3: Well, that's with with the communion with the Lord. It's when He exposes these judgments, we have to take them immediately to Him, right? Mm. And what it, what does He say? Jesus says, "Come to Me, all who are weary and heavy burden." Right? He says, "I'm gentle and lowly. I will receive these." And I, He wants healing. He He's the only one who can uproot those judgments. Mm.
0: Yeah, when he says, Take my yoke upon you, the yoke was the teaching of a rabbi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they would compete and they would literally write it down on a scroll mm-hmm. and roll it out. Mm-hmm. And th- they'd say, My interpretation of the law, here is the yoke. Here is, and then you would like get in a camp, which honestly is kind of how it works today, like denominationally or right. like mm-hmm. we're actually not, or we're Ark, or we're Reformed, or we're the like real Calvinist, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, Yeah, that's my yoke. And then Jesus goes the exact opposite. It's like man they're they're making up things about the law.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm relieving you from the law. Right. My yoke is easy and my burden is light mm-hmm. because because I'm carrying mm-hmm. it for you. Right. You don't carry it. Mm-hmm. I carry it for you. So come to me
1: and you will find rest mm-hmm. for your soul. Mm-hmm. A question came up when you were talking about in my mind it came up when you talked about Jesus restoring Peter and the, just the, the lavish grace. What does that say about, about like legit qualifications? I mean, you mentioned the pastor who, you know, is there something that disqualifies and grace applies, but not, uh, there still should be certain boundaries. I mean, talk a little bit about that. Like how does grace and boundaries interact?
0: So when you get to, uh, Titus, Timothy, Peter, there are qualifications of an elder. Mm-hmm. Um, A generalized sin is not there, Hmm. but there are things. Listen, man, we're saved by grace, but grace, but there are things that can disqualify you from leadership in God's church, and He makes them very specific. Hmm. There's lots of things that He lists in Titus and Timothy Hmm. and Peter, Hmm. and so. The church is the worst about shooting its wounded, and I think we should get really good about caring for people. But caring for people and helping them understand that they are forgiven by the grace of Jesus does not automatically mean that you are again requalified. It also doesn't mean that you are forever disqualified. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a lot of wisdom, Mm -hmm. and it also, I think, takes time. Mm. And I think... The, the two worst things that can happen are the two extremes when it comes to time. Mm-hmm. Because you screwed up, you could never be in a position of, you know, ministry authority again. Or when we try to rush people back too quickly, mm-hmm. because there's obviously a, a problem there. Mm-hmm. And what you really want, there are no perfect ministry leaders, see present, company included, <laughs> but you want healthy ministry leaders mm. so that they can lead from a place of health not lead yeah. from a wounded place. Mm. That's good. And so if you got wounded, like if we if you got your leg chopped off, we would let you
3: I would need some time. You
0: would need time. <laughs> we wouldn't just put you back in here bleeding quickly mm-hmm. all you know one legged. We would mm-hmm. it would take time, and you may walk different the rest of your life which would be fine. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But we wouldn't rush you back. And so there's a lot of times where there's a real wounding Mentally, spiritually, physically, relationally Mm -hmm. And then either We put the scarlet A on them And say they're condemned Unfit for use Or Mm -hmm. we try to rush them back Mm -hmm. So I do believe in Like pastoral restoration
1: But I think time is a real key We are really judgmental I love that quote It's like All those people are judgmental I can tell by the look on their faces (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I have this—I have these friends who are um, from an Asian culture, and they were—we were talking about grace one time, and they're just like, you know, in in America, in the West, a lot of people they don't think they need God, or they think I'm a good person, right? Yeah. He said, and and he said, in my experience, in Asian culture, it's the opposite. Grace is the hardest part for them to accept. Because of their honor. honor shame. It's like, hey, listen, mm-hmm. you dishonored them like if you dishonored the most important being ever and he just gave you grace? I can't believe that.
0: Which is much more closely aligned to the Middle Eastern culture that Jesus was a part of. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole crux of the like the crazy offensive grace of the prodigal son mm-hmm. parable is that mm. that the father welcomed his son who dishonored him. Mm. We primarily talk about things like penal substitutionary atonement, which is true. It's absolutely true. Jesus died in our place. Mm -hmm. But even there, we're talking and thinking judiciously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The law was broken. He paid the debt. Therefore, we received the grace. Mm -hmm. If you look in the scripture, oftentimes Paul talks as much about Jesus taking the shame as he does paying the debt. Mm. Now both of those illustrations are true, mm-hmm. but our culture leans way more to the debt repayment than it does to the shame taking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that comes out of the reformed tradition, I think. I mean, l- very much Luther was about that. But yes. it is a great exercise to explore some of the other ones. I mean, Christus Victor yep. is another atonement a school of thought about, you know, Christ's victory over the enemy, you right. know, and that just opens up some new dimensions of of what he did
3: a lot of times in the west we define things by a uh, definition mm-hmm. so like it like if you ask somebody okay describe god well he's um omniscient he's omnipresent right like we're using this word to define it and in the east you would say okay what's god like and they would say he's a fortress and a refuge he's He's an eagle's wings. Like they they use word picture. Yeah. So, and both are right. Sure. So it's both of these together, this Eastern and Western culture. And when we can see it fully, then we get a bigger, a better picture of scripture.
0: Which is pretty incredible. You see the brilliance of the scriptures, Mm -hmm. that it is true and right and applicable in all times and in all places. Mm -hmm. Like everything, you just said all these things that are all Bible verses.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, broke exactly. The, both the
0: attributes of the God. The
3: attributes and, and the word, the pictures. word pictures. I'm reading. And then the,
0: some of the Eastern thought jacks up a Western thought. Western, right. When you say things <laughs> right. like, he's like a hen <laughs> with his with pinions <laughs> around his little chicks. And right. Like, Did you say God was a woman? <laughs> like, no, he's not actually a chicken either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm
3: going through Isaiah. That's, that's like
0: Western thought.
3: And oh, yeah. the, like there's this the whole portion in Isaiah three is the judgment, and he's and he starts going through. I'm gonna remove your handbags. Your perfume bottles. Like, I'm reading, like, it is today. Yeah. It is so... It, the nose rings. I'm like, oh, no, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> and he's telling, because it's all, you know, the, the women are are flaunting and being arrogant mm. and they're serving these false gods. And he's like, I'm going to re- remove all of this. And it's, it's mm. so... It's nuts how you can read this ancient text. I'm like, this mm. is today. No doubt. <sighs> hmm. All
1: right, so why did... Back to Jesus on the, on the shore here. He's talking to Peter. He says these three, asks him three times, do you love me? Why do you think he would choose this time to foreshadow his death? Like, at first glance, it might be a little, like, random. It's like, hey, let's work on our, let's restore this relationship. I got work for you to do. And then he says, uh, when you were young, you just did whatever. But when you're old, you're going to get stretched out and get taken where you don't want to go. Uh, because Jesus is not a sacred-sensitive preacher. Mm-hmm.
0: Never once does he, like, give anybody the, hey, why don't you try this out, see if it works, Mm -hmm. and as it works, you can decide if you want me Mm -hmm. to be your Lord or not. Mm -hmm. Like, he's Lord or he's not Lord. Mm -hmm. He tells the rich young ruler, you lack one thing, and it Mm -hmm. actually wasn't even money. Mm -hmm. It was that anything is in front of me, Mm -hmm. and if you got anything in front of me, man, it ain't going to work. Mm. That's a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. The woman at the well, talking about screwing up a good evangelism opportunity, <clears throat> she's ready to be like, okay, mm-hmm. I believe. And he's like, cool, go get your husband. Right. I don't have a husband. I know you've had like a – everybody's your husband. You person. The guy you're living with. <laughs> right, bring him. And and you think, hey, man, you're, screwing. you're like, yeah. come on, the art of the deal says close the deal. Okay, yeah. Jesus doesn't close deals, man. Mm-hmm. He just draws this line in the sand. Yeah and says man I'm I'm the great I am hmm. like I am it so
1: he uh there's no bait and switch with him hmm. there's not hmm. do you think that how do you think that affected peter as an it uh, seems to be an emotional mm-hmm. person like a like he's he's down in the depths of his depression and then he's like oh feel good that jesus and he's grieved and then and jesus is just being really really real with him about what he can expect i mean well,
0: you ever, you ever... I'm just thinking about this for the first time. So Peter was a zealot. So Peter's whole idea of who the Messiah would be mm-hmm. is that he would win.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Physically. Would conquer,
2: would
0: Physi- Like right. politically like, politi- right. win. Right. Mm-hmm. And now Jesus in this moment is like, I'm not a means to that end. Mm-hmm. I am the end in and of myself. And to follow me, you don't sit on the throne. You die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Follow me. Mm-hmm. And he's like... I mean, this is the ultimate... Mm-hmm. You lack one thing. Your political dreams are not coming true. Mm-hmm. Your eternal dreams will come true, and I will rule and reign, mm-hmm. and all that you hope for in this life will be experienced in the new Jerusalem, the new heavens, the mm-hmm. new earth.
2: Right.
0: And so, I mean, that's faith, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm following Jesus not because he makes life better, but because he is better than life. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of
1: deal. I also think it, there might be an element of it's not going to be about how you feel. You know, like, get beyond, I feel like I've let you down or I feel like we're good now. You know, like, it's follow me and it'll cost you and it's more real than how you're feeling about it. And even better. And better, yes. Hmm. Well, I think we're about to, about at time. What a great, again, such a great reminder that grace is for all of us, you know. And I, I loved seeing so many people I just think it resonates with I, with everybody. You we all need to say, "Hey, I'm here again." Yeah. You know what I mean? Well,
0: <clears throat> I also Man, there's this whole kind of like group of church leaders right now that are diminishing how important weekend worship services are. Mm-hmm. I think texts like this speak to the opposite of that. Yeah. That essentially I talked about this tonight a little bit. Like those of us that work here at eleven twenty two, man, we're 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 so grateful to be able to serve this community and this people. And our job is like to get the charcoal fire ready, to get the fish, to get the bread, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to create a space mm-hmm. for people to meet with the resurrected Jesus, to confess their sins, be met with grace, restored, mm-hmm. and then sent out on mission. Mm-hmm. And so a way to think about church every weekend is, man, I need to go have breakfast with the resurrected Christ
1: again, mm-hmm.
0: you know, mm-hmm. again and again and
1: again and again, just to be reminded. Yeah. not just as an individual, you know, with your family. Okay. And like, I love what you said about Jesus taking the disciples to pray with him. And that's part of what it's like when you go down there to that altar. It's like, Hey, I'm yeah. with all these people who are asking this some version of the same thing. Right. Lord, I same need God. You. Right. Exactly. Well, why don't you close this pastor, Joby, in some <laughs> prayer just for, the ongoing work of grace in our lives. Our
0: good and gracious Heavenly Father, um, God, that's just who you are. You are the source of good. Any and everything that we think or know is good is from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, and you are gracious. Mm -hmm. It's just who you are. Mm -hmm. God, you have to be stirred to anger but you are grace based on the reality that you are love. And Lord, we thank you and praise you that we can never outpace your grace. And uh, please give us ears to hear the spirit and please help us turn down the lies of the enemy that tries to turn the conviction from the spirit Hmm. and corrupt that to think that that's somehow condemnation because therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for the calling that you have in our lives. And by the power of the Spirit, may we continuously tend to and feed your sheep. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the
2: podcast, (laughs) The (laughs) NL.